United States submarine base at Key West, Florida. The dispatch that quoted President Truman's press secretary, Charles Ross, as saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project by this government that would give substance to the existence of such objects. Ross also said that both the Air Force and the Navy deny that such objects exist. Hi. Hi. Um, who am I today? Hey, what's up? Actually, she'll never hear this, so we'll just spill it. Um, hey, what's up? My name's Noelle, and I introduced Typhoid Taylor to one of the most decadent, delicious, extravagant, opulent drinks offered at a cafe. And she thought it was rancid and revolting. And I have never been more like, you are so from Alabama right now. It's killing me. Uh, it was like when I made y'all pickle soup. She did not like it. I, it's just like, it, sometimes, peace and love to her, she is just a boiled chicken Caucasian woman. And it's just like, it, that just is what it is. Yeah. But you know what? Sometimes you have to be the seasoning as a person. Yeah. Yeah. And that's growth. Mm-hmm. That is adulthood. Yeah, that's true. Who are you? Um, I'm Chelsea. I'm just going to recycle the same joke from last week and say I am a Dalmatian because this is episode 101. But who's oh, counting? Look at you kept that one in your pocket. I'll be so real with you. I immediately forgot that we were on episode 101 because peace and love. I just don't pay attention like that. The, the episode's will no longer have anything to do with the numbers, which even episode 100, I will say also had nothing to do with the number because. Yeah, I'm not. It just had nothing to do with the number. I just don't think we're, I mean, I'll speak for myself because I know your OCD has different opinions about it, but I'm just not a number girl. I'm not a numerology girl. Numbers don't bother me. So I just don't feel anything with them. I did see a TikTok. I've been seeing a lot of angel numbers come up on TikTok lately in my algorithm, which is fine. I'm not. I'm also not a numerology person. Um, but this one girl was saying that she knew her f- friend was a bad friend because of angel numbers. So she was. What had even been, is an angel number? An angel number is like a repetition of digits. Um, yeah. So like sure. three, three, three. Yeah, but, like, how do you have an angel number? You just are like, I like this one. It's just like when you see it. You know when you see, like, 1111 and people are like, make a wish. It's just a repeated number sequence. And um, people use them as guides for spirituality. So I just love how everyone is just, you know, yeah, raw-dogging life without medication, seeing signs in, mm-hmm. in numbers. <clears throat> but this girl had posted a TikTok that was a compilation of her hanging out with a friend all night. And I can't remember what the angel number was. But anyway, she kept seeing repeated digits above her friend in this club in various ways. Um, so, for example, she took a video of her friend dancing. And behind her, there was a score, like an NBA score. And the score was like 111. Um, mm-hmm. And she was like, notice the angel number. And then in another one, um, the waiter walked by and gave her the receipt and their total was like 222 she was like angel number and like the whole night she had pointed out all these angel numbers and then that friend ended up stealing her credit card she's like i should have known because the angels were warning me oh. and there was like she had seriously posted like seven or eight angel numbers occurring throughout her videos of her friend the entire night i love i hate but i also 
love undiagnosed mental illness sometimes because like where else would you find this you know what i mean like where else will you find this there was a moment where i had a friendship in high school where she was obsessed with like um adding the numbers of people's addresses and if the address added up equaled like between this range of numbers she had like bad vibes about it i will just that it is truly incredible some people their undiagnosed mental illness makes them drive their car off of a cliff with their entire family in it other times it gives us unhinged tiktok compilations and um that's the kind that i like i also think they're fun i think it's like I think angel numbers fall into a similar tier as astrology and like stones and things. I think it's fun to use observe like the things you observe in nature to maybe find out deeper things about yourself. Because let's face it, if I'm feeling bad vibes about a person, I'm going to find a reason to have bad vibes regardless of an angel number. And if that's just the excuse to help me sleep at night, then I guess I'm for it. I mean, I guess my thing with the angel numbers versus like astrology or even tarot cards, because I do like, I like tarot cards over astrology. And we've talked about this before because tarot cards, they're vague with enough detail that you fill in the blanks. And that's why they're kind of so fun because it's always about just getting you to tap into how you're feeling about certain situations. Um, and, And you're just reading yourself subconsciously um and i think if you get if you leave them to be vague enough i think the same thing goes for astrology um you just you get a little nugget and then you build your own universe off of what you want it to be and that's the whole point of it whereas like angel numbers to me is just like undiagnosed schizophrenia it's just like i saw this so it means that and it's just another man screams at the sky you know what i mean yeah but I and also enjoy it in a little, in a tiny little piece. I do enjoy it. It's fun. Uh, I feel like now that I've mentioned it to you, though, you're not going to see sequential numbers everywhere. Is it like uh, when you get a new car and then you just see that car everywhere? It's like that. Yeah. It's it's one of those things that f- that's under the umbrella of synchronicity, where people mm-hmm. will see those things and give them uh, meanings, which, yes, could be <laughs> diagnosed mental illnesses. I'm excited because I I hope this influences me because I've never been the type of girly to like look at my phone and it's like eleven eleven like that's not that's never been me I've never seen like patterns and shit that's not the the different numbers mean different things too so if you see like one 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 that has a different meaning than if you see seven 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 so when will you ever see seven 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 uh like at a gas station. Yeah, like if that's your total somewhere, or if like a phone number calls you, like a random number, and it's like zero zero. It's only three digits. (laughs) Yeah, it's Um, it's you're gonna see it because as soon as I saw this, I feel like I've only ever seen sequential numbers since, and I'm not even looking for it. Yeah, so I I hope that happens for you. Now I'm looking at like my prescription bottle, wondering if there's any on there. There's not. Well, maybe you should, maybe you specifically should not look for these I things. shouldn't do it. Yeah, I know I shouldn't because I don't want to get any, any new compulsions. But <laughs> I wanted to say we're not going to talk about numbers, but the very first 
paragraph of the episode tonight is all numbers. So that's my bad. Great. <laughs> None of them are sequential, yeah. though. None of yeah, them are the little, the little OCD goblin in your brain is like, I'm not, I'm not delicious. <laughs> I know, not me. It's like the eye that I get once I finally have like a compulsion, fulfill, like an obsession, yeah. fulfill a compulsion, and vice versa. Anyway, we're talking about Sanina, which I literally never heard of before. Sounds like a girl from Utah County. It does, yeah, Provo girl. Um, but Sanina is actually a little Italian munic- municipality, and when I tell you that it is small, Noel, I freaking mean it. Um, I first believe and you. foremost, if you look up this area, is a public schooled American, uh, which I did. You may not find what you are looking for. The first thing to pop up that I found in Google was that it is a hamlet in Italy. Don't know what that means. And then the other option yeah, was just Airbnbs. I don't know. I didn't look it up. Uh, but I did dig a little bit further, and there is some COVID information, which specifically lists the data on the population of people living there. And it is a whopping 21 people, 10 males, 11 females, only seven are married, 12 are single. No one is divorced, but there is one widow. There are 31. Um, here. Oh, did you find Hamlet? Yeah. Um these are the Borgos or hamlets of Italy. Originally, Borgos were a collection of stone barns and farming sheds connected by winding footpaths with a courtyard in the heart of the buildings, some garden areas, and often a small chapel. I think you could like consider a hamlet town um, like a very scaled down, smaller version of like a city on a hill like it has yeah. like its main little Super place small. and then yeah it's just whoop, a little collection yeah. uh it's like the scene in hercules i know i reference this a lot but when he you goes there really and he knocks love over that all the scene. pots it's a really yeah. good scene um so there are 31 buildings in Sanina, and 26 of those are residential homes of the 26 homes 23 were built before the year 1919 And uh, so you kind of get the idea from these numerical snapshots that it is an isolated little village, but you unfortunately lose out on how strikingly gorgeous the countryside of Sanina is. Imagine a perfect fairy tale landscape with brick built cottages and probably a Disney princess or two singing to birds right in the middle of it. Mm. It is what most people would call heaven on earth, or at least they used to. (laughs) Oh. You see, Sanina sits right in the middle of a slew of UFO sightings that kick off a plague of alien encounters that would plague the world for decades to come. So let's start at the beginning. Fun though, I know it is fun, fun, isn't it? I want to a beautiful little tiny town that's all rustic and cute, and then filled with UFOs. Ground zero, I dare say. Sounds like a dream. So let's start at the beginning. On November 1st, 1954, Sanina native Rosa Lottie set out at roughly 6 in the morning to make her way into town and stop by the cemetery to pay respects to some dead loved ones. She was a very devout Catholic and wanted to celebrate All Saints Day, where many religious people pay their respects to the dead by visiting cemeteries and going to church. She carried a bouquet of carnations with her and put on a new dress for the occasion. Rosa was in her early 40s at the time, a mother of four, and is what most people at the time socioeconomically described as a peasant. She rarely made her way into town, preferring to stay home with her children, so she made it a point to get up earlier than usual so she could get home earlier in the day. 
There weren't roads into town for Rosa to take, so she went on foot to the regular routes she had been on hundreds of times in the past. And despite there being paths into town, they weren't necessarily maintained for all intents and purposes, and they were what you would call off the beaten path. And it was so much so that the mother decided to carry her shoes and socks so that they wouldn't be dirtied by the unkempt countryside. There wasn't too much of a problem for Rosa, though, as she had taken these paths enough times that she had even traveled them by night many times before, and essentially she knew the area like the back of her hand. I don't care if you are in a countryside you're familiar with or the streets of New York City. Keep your fucking shoes on, girl. Oh, I thought you were going to say going out at night. I don't even like to go to my mailbox at night. Yeah, I don't think anyone should go out at night. I think if there's one thing that M. Night Shyamalan has taught us is that we should stay inside at night. Yeah, like, especially walking around. Yeah, like, like, I'll go out. Like, out isn't, like, the verb to go out with girlfriends. But I'm not, like, going outside. Like, I'm not walking my dog at night. No. It's insane. No, there's no reason to. No, unless my dog is a bear. Like, a literal bear, not just naked bear. Anytime I have to go outside by myself, I'm like, if I die, it's my fault. But I really do feel that. I'll victim blame myself on that one also. Yeah, it's just like, I'm asking for it at this point. And whatever happens to me, happens to me. It's like, why are we outside? I just, and I'm not even saying in like a, like a, girlies, we need to stay inside to stay safe. Like, what if there's a grizzly bear? out there you know what i mean or a raccoon with rabies we don't i mean know. that's more likely at my house but at your house even like walking up the stairs like your the way that your building works is that it the stairs are outside mm-hmm. and you have to kind of go up a tiny little bricked in staircase i'm yeah. just waiting for the crack addicts who scuttle across your house <laughs> at night to fucking get me while i'm in there like yeah i mean stopping them even if even speaking of wildlife I, I think one of, um, I don't know if it's someone in my complex or someone just having a little bit of fun. For sure, this squirrel had rabies, for sure. And they decided to rehabilitate it underneath the mailbox, which is at the bottom of the stairs yeah. in a box. And they like put a box and they cut a hole in it and like put a towel and put a bunch of like a trail mix and was like, we've got it. Great job, everyone. I walk down the stairs, right? Walking my dog, minding my fucking business. And I hear like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what the fuck is that? And then this fucker jumps out of the box and like, like just up against the wall. Like, you know what I mean? And is hissing at me and like scuttling like Reagan. And I'm like, wow, what the fuck? Dude, squirrels attack people too. They're ruthless. They're like geese. They're like geese of the trees. Yeah. I don't think this guy was all right. I'm saying I don't think he was all right. No, and, definitely not. Um, Especially if know. he's just hanging out in an open aired box instead of going home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. you're gonna get they, caught by that fucking. Yeah, and he was he days. crawled upside down like, and he was like, the like whole reverse time. Reagan. Like, yeah, he yeah. reverse Reagan up the wall. He was upside down. He was above me looking down at me like and i was like i'm gonna fucking die right now and you know what at the end of the day it was my fault because i went out at dark yeah that is your fault especially if you're just standing there giving the squirrel time to size you up (laughs) like you you lingered for too long i know it i i had to like figure out where it was coming from it was terrifying yeah, you're gonna you're if the squirrel doesn't get you, the crackhead will. Yeah, stay the fuck inside. Just like um, yeah. Let's all just live in the village and the the scary monsters are gonna eat us if we go outside, so just stay inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are like the village. 
Yeah. We just got to go back to our roots. And you know what? Even if I know that the the big beasts and the yellow trench coats or whatever are just the elders trying to subdue me to a life that they feel is better, I'm okay with it. Uh, yeah. I don't even care it's, at this point. It's <laughs> for my own good, and I yeah. believe them. I'll just accept it. They're going to be like, here's this fluoride. You got to drink it. We're going to shrink your medulla oblongata or whatever. I'll be like, all right. Yeah, but if I if I swig with the fluoride, will life be a little bit more tolerable? If yes, pump it through my fucking veins. I don't care. I need a modern day lobotomy. That's what I'm saying. um, (laughs) Anyway, like a story, like a story out of a children's book. Uh huh. Rosa kept to the rudimentary and overgrown paths the best she could until she came to a clearing and was suddenly stopped in her tracks. Before her, dead center in her way, was a large metallic object. Mm-hmm. While Rosa later described it as a huge spindle on the ground, it is better to imagine it as an oval spacecraft that comes to points instead of rounded edges. And instead of lying flat on the ground, it instead stood straight up in the area and appeared to be covered in what she could only describe as leather with two bells affixed to the bottom of it. It was Santa's sleigh. It was definitely was not, <laughs> um, but it was much taller than her uh, an estimated seven feet high and roughly three feet wide. And it was later reported in a local publication, La Nazione Italiana. That was nice. Thank you. That quote, the outside of it shone as though it was a very polished metal. On the lower cone, there was an open glass door and inside could be seen two little seats Cute cats like those used by children. What? That's, yeah, What's this, it, I don't scat? know. That's just it's translated from Italian. I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, and in the central part of the spindle, where it was widest, there was a sort of roundish glass closely following the round shape of the mysterious machine. Rosa Lottie had heard no sound from it. I will say, besides the scat part that really threw me off, but like whatever, isn't it kind of interesting? Like, I don't know, aliens using chairs. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that seem a little interesting? A yeah, little silly? I don't, it's weird. I don't, like, imagine aliens to have any similar things to us other than maybe, like, limbs. So, like, to think of them doing anything like how we do it kind of takes away the mystique and the power of them. Like, why would you need chairs, your interdimensional beings? Yeah, like I, I really feel like that's how I, that's my uh, like perception of it all. It's like, yeah, I need a chair because my fucking has back has hurt since I was like fourteen mm-hmm. years old. Yeah, it's, you don't need a chair if you are traveling through space and time. It's like a Bigfoot having a Palm Pilot. Like, what do you need that? Or like a beeper? Like, what do you need that for? Yeah, you really age yourself there. But uh, yeah, yeah, it is like Bigfoot having a beeper. It's like why? What we we really grew out of that like Mm -hmm. fucking thirty years ago. What the fuck's going on? Mm -hmm. Actually, more than that. Now I just aged myself. It was thirty years ago. (laughs) No, I had a Palm Pilot in high school, but I didn't have a beeper ever. A beeper was like in the eighties, right? Like it would be the eight, like the early eighties. Like you maybe. Maybe if you were, or maybe even like late seventies, you were like a Coke dealer and you like got a beeper message. Oh, and you that went feels to pay too early. I feel like it had to have been early nineties, right? No way. No when way. Were beepers popular? I'm gonna say eighty-seven. No, I'm gonna say eighty-two. I'm gonna say eighty-two. What is it? You're actually really close. It wasn't until the nineteen eighties that the pager exploded. 
but they went out of style in the late 1990s. So we were both. I right. knew it. I knew it. You know why? Because I was thinking about the original Wolf of Wall Street. That's why. Did they have beepers in that? In that? You got a beeper. You got a be- the pores got the beepers, and then you would get the beeper notification to call home, and then you'd pull over and use a payphone. But Gordon Gecko had the phone inside the limousine. Mm, okay. I didn't so. actually ever watch that show. Well, maybe you should, because it's really good. That's the most bro thing I'll say about myself. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, radical. Uh, oh, my God. I need to edit that out, but I know I fucking won't. So. <laughs> oh, my God. I just said the most embarrassing thing, which is, like, I love the shittiest frat boy movie. And then yeah. you said radical and, like, immediately. And you also did the sign. You did the hang loose. And yeah, no one else would see that. You did the hang loose, unironically, almost naturally. And, and that erased how I felt about, like, letting it be known that I like Wolf of Wall Street. So thank you so much for that. <sighs> I don't even know Continue. what to do. I know, now I feel like I'm going to throw up. So anyway, let's just move on. <laughs> so curious, fearless, in shock, or all of the above, uh, also how I feel right now, uh, Rosa <laughs> approached the craft and looked inside and examined the little seats that were affixed in what can only be described as the cabin of the craft. While she was investigating it, two beings came out from behind the craft and the bushes that were helping to partially obscure it. And they were like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, this is Italia. Uh, initially. <laughs> God, we're so bad with accents. Hey, I'm walking here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the aliens uh, They were just too new. They were just too aggravated New Yorkers. Um, initially, Rosa thought that they were two children. But ultimately, if she got the chance to observe them further, we're actually two little men. I just want to be like, it was a Mario. Uh, it wasn't. <laughs> um, she estimated that they were around three feet tall and had friendly expressions on their faces, which led Rosa to feel not too concerned when they approached her closer. I truly love, like, you know, this era when we thought, like, soap would kill us and we were also eating mercury. And yeah. then this bitch is just like these aliens. She's like, look at these two beautiful, innocent children. And it's just yeah. full-blown aliens. Yeah. I just love that. Little she, me- it was like Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Like, never an image more terrifying. Yeah. she. I just love this bitch. She really is just on a path. Yeah. Uh, so she later stated that they were wearing what looked like gray overalls, which were attached to the feet like little baby booties. Isn't that adorable? <laughs> that is uh, cute. <laughs> the overalls had buttons going vertically down their I'm center. out. I'm out. You're, I'm out. Are you what? fucking kidding me? The I'm vertical buttons? Out. I'm out. Over I was, the buttons? I was thinking about being out when they had chairs, and now you're telling me they had vertical buttons on overalls? Just like down the middle. You're fucked. I'm out. No fucking way. She should have uh, scratched that from the record. A, I don't even have a sarcastic response. It's a really weird hill to die on, Noel. Are you buttons? kidding are you kidding me? Like, instead of, of having the two little, like, fasteners where, like, the overall straps come around, you're upset I imagine, about the buttons. I imagine some, like, fucking, what was that shit, like, Girl of the Future, like, Xena, Girl of the Future, Disney Channel vibes type of, like, futuristic overalls that are held together with, like, goo, metallic, fluorescent goo, and you're out here telling me that these bitches are wearing overalls with buttons and they're from outer space? You're lying. You're just- lying. <laughs> You're lying. They came in a spacecraft and they're wearing fucking Oshkosh. What looked like buttons. No fucking way. (laughs) They were cute. (laughs) 
They're fucking <laughs> cute, Noel. Get out of okay. here. There's, these are Keebler elves. Like, <laughs> That's still cute. Man. Concerned. These are not aliens. <laughs> these are tiny these men. These are making to serve cookies. Their cookies. Yeah. <laughs> so unbelievable. Yeah, the buttons that really threw me off. Uh, the fit of their little feety pajamas that they're wearing uh, reminded Rosa kind of a long john underwear. Um, they had matching gray cloaks and little helmets. Um, and although they weren't <laughs> tall, they were proportionate to what an adult man would look like. Okay, and Rosa, that's a dig. Yeah, and Rosa believed that they looked rather normal, despite their size and peculiar clothing. So she, they looked human, but they were just small. Mm-hmm. She stated that they engaged with her rather jovially. They were waving their hands around. These and are elves. But these yeah. are elves. They were waving their hands around and like, and they're like, um, they did talk to her, and she said that it almost sounded Chinese. That's racist. Uh, yeah, and she had written out what they sounded like, but I didn't put that in there because I didn't want to get God. canceled. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, yeah, so we're not going to imitate that. We'll only make fun of uh, the New Yorker accent. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the way that they approached Rosa made her feel as if they really wanted to genuinely come off as friendly, so she wasn't immediately concerned for her safety. Um but as they kind of got closer, as they, like, scuttled in their little pajamas, um, she felt more surges of fear as she saw more details on their strange little faces. Um, she noticed that the upper lip had a peculiar upward curl to it, which exposed a small set of teeth that appeared to be filed down. Um, they also held, at, like, and although they held the smiles on their faces, um, they kind of freaked her out because one of them pulled her, one of her socks out of her hand and the other grabbed her bouquet of flowers. And they looked at the stolen things very closely. They even kind of wrapped the sock around some of the flowers that they had stolen and put it in their spaceship. Um, and the older of the two noticed Rosa was upset about them just, like, taking her stuff. And he handed her back a couple of disheveled and, like, broken stemmed flowers. That's nice. That's was, nice of them. Yeah, that. they hurt her feelings. Usually when you get robbed by Italians, they just take it all. <laughs> they don't <laughs> even give it back. Yeah, they were like, get the, yeah, like two little new Italian New Yorkers are just like, ah, get out of here. Um, but the younger of the two, um, he took out two circular white objects from the craft and held them out to Rosa as a, like a here. And for some reason, that snapped her out of her deer in the headlights state of terror, and she just turned and ran away. Um, oh, what a stupid girl. Just take the little thingies. No, she was fucking out of there. She left a a pillar of smoke in her shape. It was, she ran away cartoonishly fast. Um, and at one point after she had gotten far enough away, she turned around to see if they were following her. Um, but instead they just stood in the same spot, watching her from the clearing in the thicket with their large unblinking eyes transfixed on her. They were just like, you're breaking my heart. Yeah. <laughs> Did I grow up? So come back. Uh, breathless. Rosa finally made her way to town. Um, and she was absolutely terrified. A local man who knew her named Beppe Gostinelli, Gostinelli uh, saw Can't her. Say it like you're eating a breadstick. Oh, Beppe Gostinelli uh, saw go. her run by, but she was too scared to notice him. He did call out to her and try to get her attention, but she just flew right by him. Um, and the other townsfolk noticed Rosa scuttling around looking for a priest. And eventually her co- close friend, Anita Valenti, managed to get a hold of her and help calm her down. 
And Rosa, despite being what we mentioned earlier as a quote-unquote peasant of the times, was a very well-respected woman who carried herself with like good dignity and high stature. Yeah, like me, a peasant with dignity. Yeah, she commanded respect in the way she carried herself. And uh, she told those in town, like the people in town, what she had seen. And they all did also, believe her. Can we pause and just like imagine how pussy this story had to sound? Oh, two tiny little men in yeah. baby overalls and booties took my flowers and then gave them back. I would be like, okay. Well, they, they gave some of them back. They didn't give her back her sock, though. Okay. So what's worse? Yeah, having a little tiny man stealing your sock or being yeah. in a public restroom and someone's taking pictures of your toes? Yeah. I, I was. She was marginally robbed by small children. Or the Keebler elves, as you eloquently put. Um. Yeah. Like, I would just be like, <laughs> Uh okay, and your point, like, what the fuck? Why yeah. are you? Why are you freaking out? Yeah, children um, took your sock. Okay, but they they did believe her, and the the tiny little population of Sanina uh, decided that they would retrace Rosa's steps and help her find the little men who had frightened her so terribly. Um, and at this time, the municipality police officer was also tracked down, so he went with them. But unfortunately, by the time they got to the encounter location, the craft and the little men were completely gone. All that remained was a large hole in the ground where the ship had once stood. And our story does almost end there because Rosa would give a series of interviews about the incident. But ultimately, she was never bothered by the little men again. Yeah, she's off-putting and rude. <laughs> yeah. um, but unknown to Rosa and her neighbors in Sanina at the time... There was a multitude of corroborating witnesses who had eventually come to the forefront of this peculiar encounter. So on that same morning of November 1st, a 21-year-old stonemason named Romulato Berti saw something strange in the sky just after Rosa ran away from the two men in the clearing. From an excerpt, this is the coolest title in the history of mankind. So from an excerpt, like a research paper called The Fifth Horseman of the Apocalypse, UFOs, oh, History, slay. 1954, November through December, written by Lauren Gross. Rough um, time, but cool title. Yeah. Uh, Bertie apparently had a crystal clear view of the sky above Rose's encounter. He claimed that he saw a luminous cigar. Oh, what an artist. Area. What yeah. an artiste it's, with that description in comparison to her bullshit. I know. Hers was hard to describe. Um, it, it was like a cigar, but the ends are pinched. So imagine that. Mm. Uh, so he saw like a luminous cigar rise up out of the area in a vertical position, turn horizontally, and then shoot flames from its end and head towards Badia Aruoti. Um, later, a hunter in the area would also come forward and state that he, too, saw a strange object landing near the clearing at around 6.30 a.m. At that exact same time, elsewhere, a florist named Andrea Levy was driving his delivery van when he saw something that resembled... Um, Oh my god, that's a typo that I cannot decipher. But he saw the cigar-shaped thing coming out of the direction of Florence at around, you guessed it, the same time, 6.30 a.m. Mm. It left a smoke trail in the sky before it eventually fled a sight towards Sanina. So people all over the place who had no chance to like really touch base all came forward and they're like, shit was going down in that spot at the same time Rosa said it happened. I love that. I know, it makes it fun. But even more interesting is a different account, which came out only after investigators were looking into Rose's main encounter. It 
was recorded in a completely separate report, um, and it was two young boys who had been in the area, apparently witnessed something strange while they were out doing farm chores. And they stole a woman's sock? They did, yeah. (laughs) Um, In a separate newspaper interview that did not get published, these two kids, ages nine and six, had told a pretty amazing story about how they got up early on November 1st to tend to their pigs. They caught some movement out of their peripheral vision and noticed a woman off in the distance talking to two little men. The boys ran to get their dad, but by the time they returned, the woman and the little men were gone. Now, none of these stories were linked at the same time, and it wasn't until investigators found some strange drawings that the six-year-old did in his school workbook at the time that they realized that they had accidentally corroborated Rosa's story in full. When I just, you know, here's, I just want to say something really quick as you cough. Um, I appreciate this, right? I love that for us in our ufologist era, um, we get to have this story, right? We get to have this story. We get to have this corroborated. It's really fun. But where is this energy and effort when it comes to um, unsolved murder cases and missing people? Like, Uh, why, how the fuck did investigators find a six-year-old's workbook and be like, this are the, these are the little men from the UFO story. But meanwhile, like a, a fucking girl went missing five years ago and no one knows shit and dick about that. Because the investigators are people like you and I. Is that what and they mean? not police detectives and why are looking we into looking, murders. But why are we looking at a six-year-old's workbook? You know what I'm saying? What do we do? Like what? Yeah. I'm, you know, it's a little problematic for I, me, I will say. I think it's because, like, people who are into UFOs and mysteries like that will go off the rumors and they'll take them seriously. Whereas a lot of times the police will just choose a suspect in their head and f- laser focus on it. Okay. If I'm going to be real, real, if we're going to take a step back from the mic and just be real, I'm assuming that's what happens. So you, when you... Shoddy in- police work. And all the yeah. talent goes into the UFO conspiracy. So like, when you, you and I would make excellent detectives, but I'll never become a fucking cop. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing. I but guess that's like, what I'm also, trying to say. But also, so you're saying when you read investigators, you read just like people who are into aliens. Oh, yeah. This, the, you know, well, we're going to go into it because the story gets. Okay. Gets fucking. Okay. Okay. Maybe that'll see. make me, maybe that'll make me feel better. Yeah, I maybe, maybe or worse. don't I read guess ahead. We'll find, okay, I won't. Um, but just after the craft took off um, from Rosa's encounter, another man in the area, one on a motorcycle, claimed to have seen something arc across the sky and catch him off guard. It frightened him so badly that he just started screaming, and he woke up two farmers who were off the road that he was on, named Giuliano and Tosco Cocelli. They rushed out to see what was going on. And they could also see what they described as a, quote, spindle shape of two truncated cones base to base and, quote, streaking in low altitude across the sky. Also, that's so embarrassing for him. I know that that's why he had to put, like, specify, like, I was on a motorcycle and then I cried and screamed like a little girl. Yeah, I was driving the motorcycle with my huge penis and then I got really scared. Um, Yeah. Uh, Later in the day... Um, two completely different men got a call from their friend who had been out late and his car had broken down. The man whose car had broken down was named Rubinos Ramos, 
and he let his friends know that he was going to walk back to his car, which was located at Bishop's Bend, and wait for them to pick him up there. By the time the two friends arrived, they found a normally even-keeled Ramos cowering in his car and praying the rosary. He claimed that while he was waiting for them, quote, a spherical flowing body had appeared near the car and then flew away. And at that moment, a big reddish ball appeared and rose up into the air with a soft explosion. And guess who else saw the UFO, Noel? None other than the goddamn United States Air Force, and they recorded it in their infamous Blue Book document. Oh, you love to see it. All the way to the top. Here it is, the quoted reports from the United States Air Force themselves. Quote, an observer was watching a flight of B-47s over the city of St. Louis. A bomber at the rear formation caught a sharp reflection from the sun, which drew the attention of the observer to this particular aircraft where he spotted the object, which flew a course of east in a straight and level altitude, seemed to roll to the north, dropping down and vanishing. Another account in the Blue Book stated that, quote, the object upon first sighting on the 2nd of November 1954 was described as giving off a red-orange glow. The object left a trail of white sparks. No sound was heard. The object was in sight for only a few minutes and then disappeared with a sudden burst of speed. In fact, this same object that all of these encounters in Italy had described that were also seen and recorded by the United States Air Force were also spotted the next few days all over the world, including Morocco, England, all the way uh, to Brazil, which we are now going to talk about, where on November 4th, um, an unassuming local would be terrified yet again. A man named Jose Alves was setting up a fishing spot along the Parde River where he noticed something glowing under the corner of his eye. He stood and watched in confusion as the glowing thing came closer to him, wobbling from side to side. So transfixed on what this object could be, Alves stood stunned in one spot as a craft landed only a few feet away from him. On the left side of the object, a door opened and two little men appeared in the exact same fashions that Rosa had seen just two days earlier on the other side of the world. Two little Keebler elves just little trying elves, to yeah. talk through the trauma that had happened to them. Yeah. And a woman screamed in their face and ran away. And they're like, she just all, we tried to give her this, like these beautiful white orbs that would have, they're worth billions in earth money and yeah, they're like one sock and she's fucking rude about it. These two white orbs would have cured any disease known to man. And we wanted to give them to her after we took one of her socks, big fans of stinky feet. That's just our thing. Mm -hmm. But then she ran away and screamed at us. And yeah. I just wanted to come here and talk to you. And then this guy just screams again. Like what a sad yeah. little life of like two little men <laughs> in overalls. Right. Uh, I don't know how I'd react to this. Uh, I don't know if it would be well, even though I want it to be like the cool person who hangs out would with you, aliens. Yeah, let's actually work this out, Chelsea. Would you scream at um, what some would call little people if they approached you? If they came out of a spaceship, I think I would be petrified with fear. You're, so are you saying right now that you are, you're petrified of little people? I'm saying that if they came out of a spaceship, if a fucking Oompa Loompa came out of a spaceship and took my socks, yes, I would be very scared. I think it's the a little spaceship is the you. important. The spaceship is the important part here. I'll just, go on the record and say little people can come out of anything, and I would not scream at them because I they're just like you and I. I think okay. you're rude for that. 
I think the spaceship is the important caveat <laughs> to this. Um, if, yeah, so if a little, if the berries and cream guy came scuttling at me like fucking Reagan from The Exorcist, I'd just I love him. I love the little lad. <laughs> um, but seemingly unaware that they were being witnessed, the little men began picking grass and leaves up from the ground, fucking adorable, and scooping the samples into little white bowls they were carrying. This, see, this is unbelievably precious and kind. So they have done cute, nothing. They have done nothing nefarious. As far as I'm concerned, these are just like Keebler elves, and everyone's yeah, tripping. No, they've, they've done everyone's nothing wrong. Tripping. Yeah. Um, all this, suddenly having his wits about him, screamed, "Devils!" And sprinted back to the nearby Pontel Township. That's crazy. That's crazy energy. Yeah. Uh, and although his neighbors assumed that he was having a drunken hallucination, despite the fact he was stone sober, Albus never changed his story. And some 50 years, he has continued to tell the tale. Um, I continued to tell the tale. Peace and love to him. Your neighbors just don't be like, oh, it's, you know, he, Alvis, typical drunken hallucination. Your neighbors don't say that out of pocket. You know what I mean? He yeah. may claim he was stone cold sober, but no one just says that. So he's in love to him. But maybe, you know, come correct. Maybe victim blaming today, but maybe the victims are the little alien elves. So we'll never know. How would I, right? As, as far as this story is telling me, there are a lot of people who are in the wrong. And it's not the two little men in the overalls. That's all I'm going to say. That's fair. Uh, enter the true villain of the story, the United States Air Force once again, mm-hmm. who would come out with claims and try to dispute that the sightings and the existence of these UFOs were nothing more than their tried and true excuse known since the dawn of man that people were just seeing balloons. Oh, God. Um, They're so w- pussy with their shit. Which is really funny um, because the Air Force itself keeps meticulous records of airborne craft Known to them, and guess what? Zero balloons were noted, reported, or accounted for during that time, meaning that although they pitched the idea of balloons to the public, Project Blue Book ultimately called their bluff, and we now know that the that they were tracking these little men the entire time. Uh, that's a big whoopsie on their part. And in fact, it was such a big deal, these little men, that the Army accidentally got pulled into it when two corporals had a direct encounter with these UFOs. On November 6th, only a few days later, the two men set out, um, sent out the following um, reports to the Newcastle Air Force Base in Delaware. Quote, they said, Saturday evening, we sighted two identified objects. At the first sighting, I told Bob to pull over because the objects were definitely foreign to me. I rolled down the window and watched the objects cross the road slowly. They were in a trail formation and changed side to side, and they continued this way out of sight. The second sighting, a few minutes later, was when the objects flashed across our front, going about 500 miles per hour from left to right. They disappeared behind the hill. The third and final sighting was about two minutes later. The objects were hovering on our left. We stopped and got out of the car. The objects were maneuvering slowly. They got very close to each other and then moved across the highway. At this point, we could hear and feel a vibration from the objects. This was the closest the objects came to us. And this is heavily edited down because the reports were massive and they each submitted reports. Um, They confirmed the shape, the red color, the trajectories that they took across the sky, everything that every witness we have talked so far, they repeated. I just want to also point out here that was was it Neil deGrasse Tyson who said, or maybe it was like, someone else bill nye who 
knows? Um, someone, a great mind, said, like, if aliens come to Earth, it will not be friendly. Do you know about this? Yeah, that sounds like Neil deGrasse Tyson. I don't think Bill yeah. Nye would ever be that negative. Someone said it, right? And at first you're like, aw, hmm. But then you hear about these types of stories where um, random Italians are rude for no fucking reason. And you have to go like, this is karma. You know what I mean? In the 50s, we screamed at some uh, jubilee aliens and their flowers. And we screamed at them. We called them devils. And we were fucking mean. And now, now, because we did that, we get the big fucking mean, nasty, resource-depleting aliens. And that's yeah. on us. You know what it's, I mean? It's like you see it in every TV movie where you see the adorable baby and then we're kind of mean to it. And then it's big, terrifying mom comes out and just wrecks shit. That's what we've done here. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we bullied the just, you know, the kid who was way into Naruto in elementary school. And that's these aliens in the overalls. Mm-hmm. And now that that kid grew up and he has an AK-47 and he is a gray alien um, coming to uh, destroy humanity. Yeah. And that's, that's on us. That's, you know? Yeah, that's on us. We, we fucked around and now we're going to find out. Yeah, that is what it is. And it's upsetting that once again, it was, you know, rude Italians. Um, interestingly enough, Project Blue Book, the account of these reports, states that these objects were definitely proven aircraft. Um, publicly, however, the two corporals were slandered, and the military claimed that they either made up the story entirely or that they were too blind to have ever been allowed in the military in the first place. Damn. That two is... corporals, and they're like, you're just blind. We never should have let you in. Corporals. Damn. Yeah, fucking rude, right? Shady. How pissed off would you be, too, Like, if you Project Blue Book comes out, and then they're like, yeah, these were definitely aircraft that these guys saw? And then, but publicly, they're like, they ruin your life. I'd be pissed. I mean, that's the, that's the U.S. government, baby. Yeah, I would come back as a great alien at that point. Yeah, I would start selling secrets, you know? I would start selling secrets to Russia oh, and been like, you should have thought. Yeah, I would have been that blind. Chinese balloon we just shot down. <laughs> yeah. Just my face pi- just blown up piloting it. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. <laughs> Who okay, edited thought? that part out? Chelsea, who got herself in a pickle? No, oh my god! Okay, so we have we're, we gotta move on. We've only picked out a couple of the interactions and sightings made of these adorable, precious Keebler elves during this time. But believe me when I say that there are hundreds of corroborating sightings that come out from all over the world in those first few weeks of November nineteen. <laughs> Um, while, the fuck up, while they would eventually it was an accident while they would eventually fizzle out the last sighting came out on December 8th of that same year a farmer named Giovanni Acolante <laughs> left his home in the same way Rosa did and set about his chores this time however he didn't come back concerned Giovanni's two older sons went out in search of their well, went out in search of their father while working on the farm hoping that their dad had simply lost track of time or laid down to take a nap somewhere they didn't find their dad 
but they did stumble across two little men who are walking around a low and disheveled brick wall on the Aqualante property. The two sons froze and locked eyes with the little men who scuttled over the wall and ultimately seemed to vanish into thin air. (laughs) Terrified, they returned home, both scared of what they had seen and the fact that they hadn't found their missing dad. They said, are you crying? I'm just, I made a movie <laughs> reference. It's a really good movie, but it just came off so terrible. Uh, anyway, the I can't two handle sons, it. I can't handle it. I can't handle it. I'm cracking. I'm cracking. The two sons, they stayed up all night keeping watch over their family home, hoping that whatever got their father wasn't going to come back and finish the job. Their hopes slowly ran out as it began to pour rain. And they were worried that their elderly father was dead somewhere and that they would never find him. Surprisingly, however, this part's really cool, actually. Um, At 6 a.m. the next day, Giovanni came home completely dry, despite the fact that it had been pouring rain all night. He was in shock and initially unresponsive, but ultimately he relayed to his two boys what had happened. He claimed that while he was walking past the small wall... Two, quote, dwarf-like creatures had surprised him and caught him off guard. They grabbed his hands, and the next thing Giovanni knew, he was home. Hmm, That's convenient. Sounds like trauma suppressing a horrible event that happened. Um, Yeah, and they were all confused and absolutely distraught, unaware at the time that they were caught up in this global alien encounter that had been plaguing hundreds of people at the same time. How weird would that lost time be, though, where, like, your children are literally hunkered down in your little farmhouse all night while it's pouring rain, worried that their, like, dad is dead. But the whole time, the dad has lost all that time's gone. He, Mm -hmm. the alien reaches out, touches his hand, and then he's home. He has no idea that time has passed. Those are my favorite. that. Yeah, I do love when people just show up after uh, missing time. And they're like, what? I was just here. I just walked out the front door. I love that shit. Dude, I saved this one thing where this lady, um, this is such a tangent, so it has nothing to do with anything. But this lady was in the wilderness, and she got lost for like 29 days. And it was the same thing as the missing 411 thing, where she was found in an area that had been initially searched. Mm-hmm. But she wrote this like long love letter to her husband during that time. But she was like just in a public area, unfound, and she died. Isn't that wild? She like, that was a turn. 29 days, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> these cases which get bundled up as the Rosa Lottie and Sanina encounters are extremely popular and credible in the UFO community, but are rarely mentioned in mainstream media, if ever. Dare I say I hadn't heard of these before. Did you? Yeah, no, no. Um, but it isn't too hard to find evidence when you know where to look. And the big question is why, why did all of these sudden encounters suddenly pop up all over the world at the exact same time? Like, what made 1954 such a special year for alien encounters? Well, Noelle, I don't have the answers, but I can tell you that another significant event that might explain the uptick uptick of UFO encounters did happen in 1954. It has to do with Eisenhower. On the nose, at Holloman Air Force Base in New Mexico, President Eisenhower, in the interest of the United States government and gaining access to advanced alien technology, is rumored to have signed a treaty with extraterrestrials, agreeing to look the other way in the case of alien encounters and abductions. Then, only a short time later, 
all this bullshit immediately kicked off. God, it's always with fucking Eisenhower, Eisenhower. He's the key, man. always fucking is. He is the eye at the top of the pyramid on our dollar bill. I Um, agree at this point. I believe it. So it is in my humble opinion as an alien expert uh, that the Sanina encounter with Rosa and all the sightings after were just kind of like the first rough draft runs of aliens taking advantage of this treaty. But they weren't fucking good at it, man. Uh, And then when the U.S. Air Force got roped in a few days later... Suddenly, the alien encounters, they got much better at not being sighted. I think that we got sold the fuck out by our government, and the aliens are still here, and this shit's still happening. They just know how to stay hidden. Oh, a thousand percent, man. A thousand percent. I would even be not pressed to say all the talks of um, nuclear war and Russia continuing to threaten nuclear war... um, We're seeing UFOs pop up all the time. And the biggest difference now is that, like, we're no longer in beeper pager territory with car phones. Like, now everyone has little recording computers in their pockets. We've never been more connected than than right now in human history. And they can't hide it anymore. And it's popping up everywhere. It's crazy. Like... Maybe it's because of the curated side of the internet I'm on, but even just a few weeks ago, there was a collective UFO sighting in Vegas, mm-hmm. like right above the Spearmint Rhino, like the really popular strip club. And it's like, you can't hide it anymore. Like the government can't cover it up anymore. Hence why we're getting all of these um, uncensored and publicly released documents. Yep, they're like they can't they can't pull no Eisenhower shit. Like it just is what it is. Um, and they've almost like once again like perfectly curated how they release it because they've just flooded the gates. They've released yeah. so many in detail documents that it's damn near impossible for someone to go through them and find the real meat and potatoes out of this, you know, 12,000 page, um, like document about an event that happened. Like it's just impossible. And they're also picking times when we're so overwhelmed by everything else that like hearing about a UFO doesn't even, you know, getting a, get a little tingle in your dick anymore. That's the T right. Especially with the way that they did that soft disclosure. And I say soft disclosure under my own personal soft disclosure, because I think you'll agree um, they watered down disclosure so much that they put it under the umbrella of military aircraft that we're just not sure how to define it yet, which is yeah. fucking boring. Mm-hmm. So now it makes it easier when we do see things like that in Vegas for like military aircraft that we just haven't identified yet. Yeah. It's the same. It's like our modern weather balloon of Roswell, you know, that's what mm-hmm. they pitched then. And now what they're pitching in modern times is just military shit it's the perfect scapegoat yeah no it's so true i mean now and now they get to just be like oh it's a drone it's a drone absolutely that's why it zip zapped so weird and quick and defied gravity it's a drone the aliens that i would say take resident in vegas area would be the tall whites and there is a base down there that's where the m-shaped cave um that we talked about on a previous episode that guy who went missing it's rumored that he stumbled into some alien shit and he had to get got yeah yeah 
you know who else lives right next to um, an Air Force base? Hmm. You and me. Yeah, man, I wish they would come. I'm so sick of it. Like I said on the Patreon, I'm so sick of paying these taxes I'll never see. Um, Speaking of things you can pay for and actually see, we have links in our bios. I am at Noelle Fain. That is at Sithlard. We are at Go to Hell Podcast. Click any of those links and you can get to our Patreon. A dollar gets you in. Episodes every week. Very fun. Spilling tea. Having tea. Episode this week wasn't very fun. It was a little sad. It was dark. It was it had yeah. it had funny moments. But it I, was you yeah. know. Hopefully um our marketing advisor Ty has better tips for us despite that we're doing terribly with the marketing of our podcast. Always yeah, love know, the positive feedback. Yeah, they, they always have so much to say when a mic's not in front of their face. It's Don't hilarious say. to me. Yeah. Also, um, if you snap that hair clip one more time, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you lose time. I'm so sorry. I've been in front of this computer since like eight a.m. We're yeah, going well, on a thirteen-hour day for me, and I'm welcome, just bitch. Ripping. Don't you say welcome. You just had a story about how you were at a cafe. I'm so jealous. Yeah, I was at a cafe looking at a computer screen. Yeah. You you I work haven't... from home too, bitch. You can pack up your shit and go. Oh, that's what I'm telling me, and I'll come out. I actually won't come out. That's really inconvenient. Yeah, stop lying to me. I'm sorry. The it the sensory. I'm gonna break your neck. Um, but you know who won't break your neck is Kelly Hollerhead, and you could also find a link to her Etsy at Wildwood Owl in our bios. You can get all her cool stickers that she makes for us, and also for herself. Um, you also can get a link to our Discord, Facebook group. Uh, again, I don't know why you need it, but also links to listen to us and also our merch, which is fun and cool. Um, and yeah, that that's basically that. Um, <clears throat> I will say, I want to give a hail, I want to give a hail Satan, but, like, I bit the fucking shit out of my tongue the other day, yeah. and um, <laughs> it, it's, like, in that spot where it's, like, rubbing on, like, the corner of my sharp tooth, and so it's just, like, it feels like it's ripping open yeah. every time I talk, and so I just don't want to hail anyone, because I don't think anyone deserves it, because I'm suffering, obviously, right now. What so. about, like, hail white blood cells, or, like, hail blood clotting? They will like help I didn't, with hailing. It's well, it's not showing up. So who am I to even hail at this point? I might pull you and hail some ore gel if I could dig some out of my medicine cabinet. Throw that you in should. my mouth. Yeah, actually do that. Like you should um, do that. Yeah, because I think it I would will. help make you feel better. I will. So I'll, I'll give a hail. I'll give a hail to ore gel. And if it happens to clear up and heal in the next like day, I'll give a hail to Satan. But right now, I want to pocket it. Um, I will say. This just popped up into my head. Uh, Hail protecting trans kids. A man tried to cancel me earlier because I said that people should just pirate that new Harry Potter game if they want to play it. And then that way, J.K. Rowling doesn't get any money. And he accused me (laughs) of being anti-trans and anti-Semitic, which was crazy to get it on that side. And I was like, wow. Um, But I will say thank you for the attempted feedback and attempting to keep me honest. Always love it when I'm kept on my toes on social media from strange men who I don't know. That's an interesting uh, pivot. Yeah, but you know what? As a non-trans person, I'm not a victim in this fight. So I'll just say uh, make sure that you're 
protecting the trans youth out there and uh, trans friends and support them. And I will always advocate for stealing from the rich, so I'm not going to apologize for that. So. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I feel that. I feel that at a spiritual level. You know, that makes me think of uh, Chloe Cherry stealing a twenty-eight dollar <laughs> yeah. blouse. She Good for her. Wrong. You know what I mean? Let's let's steal from corporations. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't even care anymore. Yeah. No, me neither. Cool. Let's get the fuck out of here. All right. Bye. Bye.